again, welcome to The Kink Perspective. My name's Chris, I'm a psychotherapist and consultant. On today's episode, I wanna to talk to you all about something a little bit different, something that I have started to see a trend in on social media, especially in the fetish community, um, on Twitter, um, Instagram, fetish.com, fetlife, so on and so forth. And this is the aspects of talking or using psychological uh, modalities against our partners. And a lot of these people are writing these articles. First, I have no idea when I read them, because I tend to look at somebody's profile, but you know, Twitter is not very informative. Same with Instagram, there's very small bio. So on these other spaces and social media or Facebook, you can maybe get a little bit more information. But the reality is, is these people are posting these topics about psychology. Or one recently I read about was nudge theory. Um, and I'm going to get into that. Other Another one was using the aspects of what we call dark psychology, which usually falls into forensic or criminal psychology. Um, and using these aspects in a way of like operant conditioning, which I've spoken on, I've spoken about in the past, to influence our partner's behavior. And what they're saying is they're doing this with active consent. And I have a complete problem with that. I have a complete problem with, you know, I'm really happy when people talk about psychology and they talk about mental health and they talk about all these things. But, you know, I don't work in the field of architecture. So it would be quite out of the norm for me to start writing and talking about architecture and telling you everything about structural dynamics. And, you know, I'm not an engineer. So when people start putting all of these things up, and especially if they write, you know, a lot of social media, their content revolves around their personalities or their relationships, you know, so they're into a daddy-dom relationship or they're a sadist and they're talking, and all of a sudden it starts revolving around this. It usually tends to, this is what draws me towards them because it's kind of out of the norm. And this has happened a few times recently and I've started to notice people heavily getting involved in the psychological ramifications and they're speaking of things, I almost kind of think of it, they're speaking out of turn. I would leave, you know, some of the topics they'll get into are like child and family dynamics and so, and you know, I'm very curious, so I'll ask, you know, are you a child or family therapist or counselor or social worker or whatnot and the answer usually is no and I'm like but you're putting out this academic information and posing as you are um, and I know that's not really what I've started talking about and I'm going to get to that in a minute but all of this is starting to come from a very troubling area because you know a lot of the fetish community obviously things have been co-opted and we have found that sexual and erotic connection to them to use them in the lifestyle. Um, obviously, like using chains, which were, you know, shackles and manacles, which is something that has gone back for thousands of years. Um, you know, the restraints, the bondage, stocks, uh, hoods, right? More recently, uh, although waterboarding isn't something new to modern interrogation techniques um, or torture more specifically it's now being co-opted and used inside of the BDSM lifestyle and I've spoken about that before why some of these things don't have a place in our community because we're we're 
I kind of equate it to like a child playing with a loaded gun. You're not an expert in doing these things and you shouldn't be doing these things. And they're not even meant for our world. You're doing them because you want to find that next level, kind of like a junkie finding the next level of your high. Right. And it's quite, it's becoming quite problematic. And to kind of circle back to all of this, when I start see, be, seeing people talking about psychology, especially when they're using it or describing it in a manipulative manner. So that's what I want to get into today. So dark psychology is a term that's been used to describe a subset of topics within psychology or sociology and anthropology that deal on the negative aspects of human behavior, such as manipulation, deception, or coercion. The origins of this field of study can actually be tracked all the way back to the beginning of the 20th century, when Freud and his colleagues developed the theories of psychoanalysis, which focused on the role of the unconscious mind in shaping behavior. Later, other psychologists, who is probably one of my favorite, Carl Jung, developed similar theories that explored the darker aspects of human behavior, such as the shadow self, right? So today, some psychologists and researchers specialize in that in studying the darker aspects of human behavior, particularly when it relates to criminal behavior and their psychopathy, right? The study of dark psychology can be fascinating and informative. We try to understand the mind. We want to understand the way people work so we can maybe find a method or of treatment or stopping the behavior altogether. But it's important to remember that it's not an excuse to engage or condone harmful behavior and instead the goal is to better understand how and why people engage in negative behaviors with the aim of preventing such behaviors from occurring in the future. It's also important to note and understand that using the aspects of what we would call dark psychology to exploit others for personal gain it's unethical. I don't do that in my practice. Other colleagues of mine don't do that in their practice. It's unethical. Right now, governments advertising, they do, but they don't abide by the same rules that we do. And this can have serious negative consequences for both individuals or the individual specifically that this has been targeted against or society as a whole. And we see this in advertising or propaganda. We see this within um, mainstream media. Right. So are there ways that people can exploit this type of psychology for their benefit and one of the most common ways we know that this type of area is exploited is in gaslighting right so gaslighting is that tactic in which somebody manipulates another person into doubting their own perceptions and reality right someone's telling you it's constantly cold and you're like no it's not you know i got the heater on and what's wrong with you you're crazy and you start doubting yourself after a while and this can involve denying things that have happened making false accusations deliberately creating confusion so the person is constantly left in a questioning limbo and gaslighting has been used to control people and make them feel that they're going crazy and the effects of this are very emotionally damaging and some people come out of it with severe PTSD as a result another tactic that some people use in the relationship sphere to control or manipulate others is love bombing now if you're not familiar with love bombing it's a tactic in which a person literally showers their per 
their partner with excessive attention. They're over-complimenting them all the time, giving them gifts in order to create a sense of dependency and attachment to that person. And then this can be used to manipulate their partner into staying in their relationship or doing things that they may not want to do. They think they're now being told, you're never going to get this with anybody else. I'm the only one who's going to give this to you. So you start to kind of fall into this. And finally, we come across something like emotional blackmail. And this is where this starts to take this much darker turn. Because this is now involves using threats or guilt or other forms of manipulation to control our partner's behavior. This can involve threatening to harm oneself, threatening to end the relationship, or using other emotionally based tactics to make your partner feel as they must comply with the other person's wishes in order to avoid these negative consequences, right? How do we see this on on a major scale? Well, we see it in social engineering, right? That's the use of employing psychological tactics to influence people's behavior and decision making. And these are bigger groups of people. In a relationship, for example, this can involve the use of manipulation and deception and other tactics to control their partner's actions and thoughts, right? So a person might use social engineering to isolate their partner from friends or family or to convince their partner to make certain financial decisions. We see this type of behavior go on in, in cult-like behavior. Some have argued in recently, uh, especially what's going on between the UK and the royal family and um Harry and Meghan, right? Now, I'm not saying she's directly doing this, but there has been this discussion out there that this is potentially what is happening because it is complete, it's constant isolation, constant withdrawals, right? Finally, we see these tactics employed in advertising, why they hold no real ethical boundaries. And advertising is typically not thought of a form of dark psychology here, but because of its manipulative behavior and its point is to influence a consumer to buy the product, right? In a relationship context, we can see this as the use of targeted advertising to influence a partner's perceptions of what's normal or desirable in a relationship. So to further understand that, a person might use targeted ads to promote the idea of jealousy as a sign of love, right? And we, we can recognize these things or certain type of gift gift is necessary to show my affection right oh my god you you know that's great you bought me a silver necklace but you know if you really loved me it would be gold with a diamond pendant or it's conditional i need roses right we have to remember that it's important to recognize that these tactics can involve and have serious negative consequences for both the individuals and society as a whole We have to remember to promote healthy and positive relationship behaviors that are based on respect, trust, effort, mutual benefit, communication. And to start bringing this type of discussion more forward and raise awareness about the negative effects of using these tactics, especially within the BDSM community. This way we're building a healthy and more fulfilling relationship dynamics for everyone. And before I want to get into, because there are there, the the positive aspects of using this type of stuff are there. We use them in like a criminal context when you see law enforcement trying to extract um, a confession from a criminal, 
right? Or even therapists are using these types of techniques to help somebody get over phobias or f different fears. So there are some benefits, but before I really dive into the negative benefits, I want to talk about something else, especially since I saw this coming up. And if you're not familiar with something called nudge theory, and my problem is that nudge theory, so nudge theory is really that it's not part of dark psychology per se, right? It's based on the principle that of behavioral economics, so it's to influence our consumerism. And it seeks to make sure that people are influenced in a positive way without resorting to complete manipulation or deception through changes in the structural consumer environment, right? So the belief is that if you use small changes in the environment or a presentation of information, this can influence people to change their behavior in a positive way without restricting their choice or imposing significant costs. For example, putting healthy food options at eye level in a cafeteria while you're out at lunch can might, might encourage you. And it might only if the Coca-Cola and milkshakes and cookies and candy aren't there as well for you to make a better and healthier choice without explicitly forbidding, forbidding you from getting the unhealthy ones, right? And there are problems with nudge theory, and this is something I got into with somebody the other day because there is publication bias, because governments are using this tactic, uh, corporations are using these tactics. So in the publication bias, only papers that are in favor of nudge theory, for example, um, and it falls in this category of manipulation for me, that uh, the other, the other publications coming out talking about the downsides of nudge theory, for example, are being put down lower on the rung, and nobody wants to talk about it. In this one particular discussion I had, somebody was just outright telling me I'm wrong. Well, if you can't see the problem, that's why things, when they're a theory, when you can't see the problem with what the potential downfall of the theory is in the first place, or using it in a manipulative manner, then why are you doing it in the first place? Nudge theory, in my opinion, if the theory is to influence behavior unknowingly, that violates consent because we can't consent if, our, if the environment we're in has now been modified for somebody else's benefit to influence what we do. You cannot get around that. So we're using psychological aspects in this manner to influence the, this was particularly you know, in an authoritative, so a dominant position to do this towards submissives. And their, you know, their counterpoint was, well, we're doing this, you know, we're all consenting, but you're, they can't consent because then you're not nudging them. You're not altering their behavior. You're not doing so unwittingly, right? They know it's happening. So then in essence, the nudge won't work because they already know the nudge is coming. So it's ineffective. You've, this is why... You can't, when you look at something like this, you can't really alter the behavior because that's the whole point. But we're using psychological aspects and I'm talking outside of operant conditioning. So operant conditioning, just to go back to that, you know, um, if a dominatrix or a mistress has her slave boy or their slave or their submissive or whatever, um, 
and they're telling them they're constantly a good boy and they're reinforcing good behavior, that is going to make the submissive want to continue doing the behavior for the praise. And over time, the behavior will continue whether or not the praise is still there, right? So they're being conditioned. But none of these things that people are bringing up that they're doing to people inside of the lifestyle, they're not ever talking about how do you detransition, decondition somebody from doing all these things. Um, and that's where the problem, we get into the problem, right? And all of these techniques that these dominance or submissives or in-between or kink demonstrators are showing to people, right? All of these things are going on and we're bringing in a lot of external things from the outside world into the kink world and saying, hey, this is just going to work. You know, I've never thought about wanting to jack my slave up on a car hoist and then strap four tires to her and then spin the tires on a dyno while they're tugging on her skin because I think it's a good idea. We're, we're messing with the borders of hurt and harm here. And that hurt and harm is psychological and emotional. And these are some of these negative impacts that I really want to get into, right? Using psychological manipulation to control your partner's behavior violates their trust and respect. It undermines the foundation of a healthy relationship, which is built on honesty. It's built on communication. It's built on effort and trust. When you're using these types of tactics, you're essentially telling your partner that their thoughts, feelings, emotions, their views are not valid, nor are they important. You have removed their autonomy. And this can lead to the breakdown in a relationship and cause your partner to lose complete trust, not only in you, but in themselves, because their whole world now, they're going to be questioning. And if they're going to question their world, think about the long-lasting damage you're doing to someone. And second, if you're using psychological manipulation to get into a relationship in the first place, it's not a relationship. And there's probably something wrong with you. And obviously, I'm not, I can't help everybody who's trying to do these things or thinks these tactics are wonderful because we've seen them in the past. Ten years ago, it was negging, using negative compliments to influence a, a person's behaviors so that would be engaged with you because then they are wanting to change... They, their whole point now is they're being negged, so they're being told something negative about themselves that's not downright uh, insultive, but it's just enough that so they want to gain your approval and they're going to work at it, right? But now we're affecting people's mental health. We're affecting their well-being. And engaging in these behaviors creates a cycle of control and dependence. And it's going to leave people and it's going to lead the people you do this to feeling trapped and they're going to feel powerless and additionally when you use these tactics to get what you want you're essentially denying the opportunity to build anything healthy and meaningful you're not creating a relationship based on any solid foundation it's a based it's a house of cards you've destroyed mutual respect you're destroying trust and eventually as people talk no one will ever trust you and there's no reason or excuse to use these psychological tactics or manipulations to control people's behaviors. And the negative effects of these tactics 
far outweigh any benefits, right? Oh, well, I want to stop her from, you know, her OCD behavior. Well, unless you're a psychologist or a clinician or a psychiatrist, that's not your job. And you shouldn't go read some psychology book that you found in the store, a sociology book or anthropology book and go, cool, I'm going to use this. I don't know what the hell I'm doing, right? Well, it's, it's the same thing like I said earlier. You're playing with the loaded gun. Focus your relationships on building healthy relationships based out of honesty, respect, effort, communication, kindness, compassion. <clears throat> Those are the things that relationships matter and are, are fulfilling. If you want to take your kinks to the next level, then explore new areas. But exploring new areas inside of the kink world by manipulating someone's mental state or their emotional state I mean, it goes beyond unethical. It probably in some respects could even border criminal. And just by doing this, you can damage someone for a lifetime. I just, it bothers me and the subject comes up because I'm seeing more and more people talk about it. And I, I just don't, I don't see why you're, what's the whole point? So I want to what? Manipulate my partner so... They can have serious and psychological consequences. Well, I'm the one doing it, so right? So that's not really affecting me. But the problem is it is affecting you because you're now creating a world that doesn't even exist. So you're living in a delusion. And you, you're, for your partner, you're damaging their sense of self. You're going to start creating episodes of anxiety and depression for them. Right? Using these manipulative tactics is going to leave emotional scars on a person's psyche for a very long time. Right, You're going to undermine their sense of self by manipulating them into doing these things because they're going to doubt everything they believe. They're going to doubt everything they feel. They're going to doubt the things they see, which is going to lead to more confusion and self-withdrawal. You can create shame by doing these things and making a partner feel guilty or ashamed for not complying with the partner's wishes. And even if those wishes seem unreasonable or unfair, they're going to manifest in this guilt and shame for these people. And it causes, again, more harm. You're also damaging their trust for the future. When you manipulate someone they become distrustful not just of you once they figure it all out, but they now will distrust anybody else that comes along the way that wants to help them. And it's going to lead them to question the motives of anyone else in their life. I see this when I work with sexual assault survivors or rape survivors. They don't want to trust anyone new that comes into their life. And if they do, that road is very long and is very slow and... There are lots of problems that surround this. Not a, let alone the anxiety and depression you're going to now put inside of somebody because they're being constantly subjected to this manipulation. You're going to make them feel these feelings of extreme anxiety, depression, or stress because they never know what's right or not right. And so this is going to build on other mental health issues. And the worst part about somebody pulling this crap off is this eventually could lead not only to the breakdown of the relationship, but to a breakdown of the person mentally and emotionally. And that causes irreparable damage to 
these people. It destroys their feelings. It creates new feelings of resentment and anger and mistrust. And oftentimes, these are impossible or, in the very least, extremely difficult to repair. So I don't really understand, and it does bother me. I know that I kind of sound a little bit more agitated today, but this topic kind of gets to me because, you know, I sit here for the community and I'm trying to put up all these tactics of things to look out for, how we can deal with trauma, how we can, um, what disassociation is about, um, attachment styles. I'm trying to benefit our community and help our community. And these are people that are literally, to me, sticking a red flag, right? Right in front of their house, they're putting up these giant banners going, I am a red flag. And people still get involved in them, with them. And that's problematic for me. We shouldn't be using psychological techniques against our partners in the lifestyle. Period. End of story. And I'm not talking about small things or small levels of operant conditioning. Those things are different. I'm not talking about telling someone how you feel. I am talking about manipulating the environment that you're in to only benefit one person right because at that point then we enter the dark the real dark triad of psychology and that's when it gets beyond beyond destructive that's when we start seeing these traits of narcissism we start seeing traits of machiavellianism we start seeing psychopathy and for the person who's doing this, that's the road you're setting yourself on. For some, it can be stronger and for some, it can be less. But either way, you're not only damaging yourself, your future, and any potential future relationships and anybody who gets involved with you, you're leaving a wake and trail of destru- emotional destruction behind you, right? Kind of like an earthquake just cutting through a city. Stop using these techniques in psychology. Stop manipulating people. Stop trying to say you're both consenting because you're not consenting. You cannot consent once you've been manipulated because the environment alone has been manipulated and it's only benefiting one person. That means they, they manipulated you into benefit, saying it's going to benefit you. Well, if, you, if your hard limit, for example, this is the, and I thought about this last night while I was sitting on this topic. If you told me your hard limit was never, you will never do confinement. So no cages. They scare you. They terrify you. You you claustrophobic. Well, if I loved cages and I wanted to ha- figure out how to manipulate you into one, I might want to just put one in a corner in our playroom. I might even just cover it at first. So you'll notice that something is sitting there and it's covered and you don't know what it is. And we might have some impact sessions or degradation or humiliation or water sports or knife or edge play or whatever else. And then one day we might bring the box over or I'll uncover it and you'll see it. Right? We're not using it. It's just there. You know I do it, but I respect your wishes. And then during maybe the third or fourth session, what am I doing? And I'm, I'm using my implements and I'm putting them on top of it. Right? So now the association is, we're breaking it down. Now, some people could say, oh, well, you're helping me get over my fear. No, I've manipulated the environment. I took, you told me this was, this was your limit. I've now moved beyond that. So if I want to further go down this line, so now what I'm doing, because you're not a psychologist, you're not helping the person get over their fear or their phobia. They didn't 
consent to you doing this. You've manipulated it. So now what am I going to do next? Maybe while we're doing a heavy impact session, while I'm smacking you on the ass, I might really hit hard next with a paddle, hit you hard with the paddle. I might hit my cage with the paddle. And you hear the sounds. Now the sound becomes associated. I'm manipulating your environment again. Maybe on the fifth or sixth or seventh play session now, I put you over that, that confinement cage. We have a session on top of that, humiliation or an extreme interrogation session. All of this time, I've been manipulating you with the cage and its surroundings because I'd never asked you. I never asked you if it was okay because you just told me you don't want to be confined. Well, that's fine. In my belief or my stance, because I'm the manipulator, I'm using it as a, just another tool. Now, this is where people are going to disagree with me. But if my end goal is to put you in that, that cage... I'm now manipulating your beliefs. I'm manipulating the way you feel about it. I did it without your consent. So now when I finally bring it up to you and say, cool, now I want to, you know, let's really talk about it. You may now have been so conditioned to see it that that hard limit has gone away. Now, did the limit go away because you truly felt the limit went away and you're comfortable with it, let alone what you're going to feel once you enter it? Or did I manipulate your environment? This is what I want to think about um, and, you know, maybe get some feedback on this and, and see what think people think about using psychology as a whole inside of the BDSM community. I'm talking about using psychological techniques to manipulate our partners and how far you think is okay to go. Because it's really interesting for me when I see people who are so broken when people have been manipulated at what point do you think using emotional techniques against people is okay? What's the limit? Right? I also want to let everybody know, um, I did make an announcement on social media. My book is finally done. It's published. Uh, it's going through the process of getting, you know, going up for sale on different websites. Uh, for those who may have missed my post, my book is called Tangled Desires, The Intersection Between BDSM and Psychology. Uh, it'll soon be up for sale on, I think, all the major, you know, iTunes or iBooks and Kobo and Amazon and a few other places. I'll make another formal announcement when that comes along. But um, I really kind of wanted to get that out there as well. It's been something I've been working on for about a year. So, um, and this is something else that it kind of explores this to this topic as well. So. Uh, please let me know in the comments below what you think about the aspects of psychology and your use of these techniques inside of relationship dynamics. Until next time, everybody, be safe and stay kinky.